Hello and welcome to an all new episode of What's Good with Kente. I am one of your hosts, oh, I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And this is episode number 10. And I am so happy to be here with you fine people. I see people are filing in our chat room. And uh, please make sure that your voices are heard. And I will make sure that um, whatever you have any questions will be uh, relayed to our guests. And let's get to our guests. Um, I hear now all of a sudden I hear a little feedback from you. Um, do you have um, he- headphones that, uh, possibly? Me? No. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, I have my mic up here, which is this one right here. Yeah, there was no feedback just before. That's strange. Before? Uh, Interesting. No, I don't have anything else. Oh, okay. Available. Yeah, that's so strange. We were perfect, and then all of a sudden, I get feedback. Now all of a sudden, yeah. do you still hear it? Yeah. Does the audience also hear it? Uh, do you, Do you guys hear it? Do you guys hear the feedback? Put one in the chat if you do. Uh, so bizarre. Uh, testing. Yeah. Yeah. Hold I... a second. Uh, try muting, and then we'll see if that corrects it. Okay. Let's see. All right, testing, testing. Yeah, so some people say they do hear the feedback. Okay. All right, hold on. Let me. All right, I don't seem to hear it now. Wait, I do hear it. Uh, are you? <laughs> okay. Um, that's because I'm using. Okay, hold on. Let me see my audio. Let me try. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you can hear it. There you go. Okay. All right. I'm so not I, just to, I just had to switch the the mic. Okay, that was, yeah, that was strange. You were, like, perfect, and then, all right, we got started. <laughs> anyway, let's let's introduce our guest. Uh, I'm so happy to have this young lady on. Uh, she is an online marketeer, tech junkie, uh, a n- novelty seeker, uh, and an empire builder. It's the one and only Juliet <laughs> Dakbo. How you doing? I am awesome, Tente. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. As always, every everybody on Facebook. You're just streaming to one place, right? Just Facebook? Uh, Facebook, and we're on uh, YouTube as well. Oh, okay. So, hello, everybody, to, in Facebook land and YouTube. Um, my name is Juliette Dakbo, uh, as he introduced me. I would say I'm a novelty seeker first. I'm always looking for something fun and exciting, something happening. So, it's not just within the business world, but just even in my personal life. Uh, I, I enjoy having fun. I enjoy just living, uh, laughing. Uh, professionally, I am a business builder or an online business builder. Um, and I like to just help people make money online. There is money to be made. And so I my biggest win is when my clients win, when I get those emails or text messages that say, oh my God, I just made money. Uh, that, that just makes my world. So that is uh, a little bit about me. As the show goes on, I, you guys will learn a lot and i hope you still like me after that oh <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty i'm quite sure that they will they will um so you know when this someone's first time on one of our programs i like to do like an origin story first so that people can get a better uh chance to know you so uh where are you from originally where were you born originally i'm from ghana west side of africa right next to nigeria Togo, Benin, so right at that corner there, uh, West Africa, born. Um, but for some reason, I haven't stayed there past, I think I've only stayed there for a total of maybe four years max. For the most part, I'm just traveling. My my parents instilled that travel bug in me. So I grew up in, I think when I was one, so I was born in Ghana. And then at age one, I was sent over, I shouldn't say sent over, my parents moved over to Nigeria. Um, So from one to six, I was in Nigeria. And then from six to 10, I was back in Ghana. And then from 10 to 21, I uh, lived in Botswana, which is southern part of Africa, just north of South Africa, if you guys can see the map, just north of South Africa. And then at age 21, I came down here. So officially, as of July July 2nd, I have lived in Canada for 20 years, which is a, like longer than any other country I've lived in. <laughs> so that is me in a nutshell. 
Now, you do you consider can you do you consider yourself a Canadian? When it's convenient, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. When it's convenient, so I I say um, I'm African Canadian, African first, Canadian second. So when it's con- when it like I, honestly when it's con- convenient because if you guys are gonna take my taxes and you're gonna make me pay taxes and you're gonna make me follow all the laws. <laughs> Yes, I'm Canadian. <laughs> but then when they're playing foolishness, then I'm like, yo, I don't know what you're talking about. So me, me I'm African. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, I'm always African first, foremost, blood, heart, everything. And then I'm Canadian by choice. But I do love being Canadian as well. All right. All right. And I want to welcome all the people that have just filed in. Um. Okay. So um, you now, where'd you go to high school at? High school. So high school. What age is high school for you guys? Um, from like thirteen to eighteen, something like that. Fourteen. So that would have been in Botswana. Yeah. Oh, Botswana. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, I, I've you know I want to. I haven't been to Africa yet, but uh, you know uh, I have. I want to just visit all the whole continent, and uh, Botswana is definitely one of the places that I would love to. Uh, what can you tell me about um, just spending you know that time that you spent in Botswana? Wow. Um, Botswana is very peaceful, like very, very peaceful. I know a lot of people think of Africa in a very negative way. Actually, all the countries I've lived in have been peaceful, and I'm really blessed and so thankful for that. Um, And I know how privileged I am because I have friends who, um, you know, grew up in war-torn African countries. Uh, Botswana is definitely one of the most peaceful. So even though apartheid was happening... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, right. Even though apartheid was happening in South Africa when I lived in Botswana, it never really spilled over. <laughs> nice international. Yes. Um, it never actually spilled over into Botswana. So Botswana has always been peaceful. Um, it has the biggest, if not the second biggest diamond mine in the world. Um, and so it's rich with resources. But guess what? It's a landlocked country. So by saying landlocked, that means there are no oceans anywhere around. So it on all borders are different countries, right? So things like fish, shrimp, seafood on, in general comes at a premium. But I had a great childhood, right? Not everybody has issues with their childhood and their family and whatnot. But in terms of just growing up in Botswana, I never felt like I was lacking anything right? Mm -hmm. It was, food was on the table. We went to school. We learned everything we needed to learn about the world. Um, And I really have to say I'm thankful to my parents because of their travel habits. I've learned tolerance for culture. And I've also learned to love other people's culture because in Botswana alone, there are different cultures and we all live together harmoniously, not just culture, but religion as well. So I had Hindu... uh, friends that are Hindus, friends that were uh, Muslim, friends that were, um, and Kabbal, and we break bread together. So we never really, funny enough, it's only in North America that I started feeling that separation of this person is this, this person is that. And while we acknowledge that in terms of like, yeah, you can't get away from somebody's skin color, but it was never a thing. It was never a problem. It was just, they're there and they're from this country. And so Whenever somebody ever asked me, I only started, I only, I only knew I was black when I came to North America because growing up in Africa, everybody, most people look like me, right? And so we identify ourselves mostly by culture and not by skin color. <laughs> That's awesome, right? They expect, um, I know we, we identify each other more by culture than by skin color. And there's still tribalism. So, you know, this tribe doesn't like that tribe. But for the most part, I honestly had a great childhood, great friends, education. My education was top notch because when I came to Canada and I was going into first year in university, um, the things they were teaching, I was just like, but I already learned this. Mm-hmm. And they're teaching this in high, like in university. Oof. So my first year in university in Canada, I skipped practically all my classes except coding. Everything else I skipped because I'm like, it's a waste of time. So I spent that time making money instead. (laughs) 
Hey, nothing wrong with that, right? Right. Did you always, uh, as a young person, want to be an entrepreneur? I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so. I've always had my mom and my mom and our culture is a very entrepreneurship, like entrepreneurial. We've always had something else going. So my dad taught at the school, at the university, but he had his own side thing happening. My mom was a nurse at the school, but she had her own side thing happening. All my family members have, like working in an office was really not a thing. But I think when I was growing up, I thought of more, I wanted to be, at one point I wanted to be an architect. And then another point I wanted to be a dancer. And then like, I've been all over the place, but I never really thought entrepreneurship was, was a was going to be like the only thing I did. I knew it was going to be a part of my life. I just didn't think it was going to be the only thing I did, and which is what I'm doing right now. It's the only thing I do. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I think some people naturally have that entrepreneurial spirit, um, and then there's those who they develop it over time. You know, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a different way of looking at life. You know, being an entrepreneur, right and. Uh, I I don't know if it's the same there or same for you. It seems like people are more into the entrepreneurial spirit spirit now than maybe in before. Because I, I remember like back in the day, they'd be like, "You don't work for somebody." Like it would just blow your people's mind that you didn't work for the man, you know. And um, so I just wondered, like, do you feel like people are starting to get it more so now that um, you know about that? Um. Well, if we're talking about Canada, mm-hmm. Canada, then we're talking about Canada, right? Okay, so in Canada, yeah, I would, yeah, being an entrepreneur was not the rage um, back then because I remember a few, you know, um, young men, you know, when I was younger, um, talking to me, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" You know, I always knew I was like, "Okay, I want an, uh, somebody who was ambitious," and I'll talk to a young guy, and he's talking about he's an entrepreneur, and I'm like. So basically, you don't have money, <laughs> right? So right, that was right. my concept at that point of what an entrepreneur was: was that you were just broke trying to figure out your life. I did not really think that entrepreneurship was a viable career to have. Right. Um, but now, but now, like, yes, it's still hard, and yes, there are sometimes where you're broke. But it is so fulfilling. Um, and I think, yes, now it is coming up because a lot of things have shifted in the world. A lot of um, things have happened in the world that has led people to understand that they cannot trust the man. You can be at a job, like my aunt was at her job for 25 years and then she was, she was let go, not be- through any fault of her own, but the company decided to do what was best for the company and so they let a whole bunch of people go who've been left, who've been working there for 25 years, right? So at that point, people start have started to realize that corporate is not, I've been in corporate, I was in corporate for 16 years. So corporate is not, they don't have your back. They, they will always do what is best for them. And the same holds for you even as a business owner. I have to recognize that even as a business owner myself, I have to do what is right for my business. And so that does mean I do have to let some somebody go, right? So I think that with that happening and people realizing that they cannot rely on the nine to five and they cannot rely on the man, the entrepreneurship has also kicked in. But in terms, in general, in like people of African descent, um, especially in the diaspora, we do have the biggest um, percentage of entrepreneurship right because of all of the systemic systemic issues that we we faced so people have then decided well if i cannot get a job i'm going to make a job right um that is not necessarily how i went through it <laughs> i was I'm, I'm unemployable so when you got me as an employee i was a great employee however I'm not employable in the sense that I have my own mind. I want to think a different way. I, I'm innovative. And so I'm always coming with ideas. Let's try this, which stressed my managers out. So I was never a good fit for the company. So 
I was let go quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's funny. So, um, but that's good though, because I think all of these opportunities that you have in life uh, lead up to what you're doing, you know? So I'm sure that that was just a missing piece of the puzzle that you needed at that time. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I, I shouldn't say I think, I know from the time I became, um, I started working in corporate, I was not comfortable. And it had nothing to do with race or whatever. I was usually the, the only person of color. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with that, Robert. I, I was only, always the only person of color in my, in, in my workplace. And that was never an issue for me. Um, I never looked at it in terms of uh, people of color. What I was, what I had an issue with was the fact that I only got two weeks of vacation at any time. Meanwhile, the owner would sometimes take six weeks, eight weeks, and sometimes two months on vacation. And I'm like, yo, you're on vacation and I'm here working my butt off so that you can make money for your vacation. I can't, I can't have vacation when I want. Um, and things like, if I'm sick, I felt guilty not being at work because I didn't know what my bosses were going to think, you know? So that's kind of what made me uncomfortable being at work, having to constantly kowtow to my employers, ask for everything. Your breaks were scheduled. Your this was scheduled. Everything was like, I just didn't feel myself. So um, I had known that I needed to be an entrepreneur for about... 10, no, yeah, about 10 years before I actually became an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't, even though I felt uncomfortable, I wasn't sure what that uncomfortability meant. Um, and so, you know what, I, I honestly, I don't know what everybody believes in, but I honestly believe that God, creator, universe will always nudge you where you need to go. And the first, the first time I was just like, can I really do this? Should I really do this? And I started it off as a side hustle. Um, and then eventually it became a thing, right? And then I spent more time doing my side hustle than concentrating at work. Um, and that's when I kind of knew like it was time. It was time, but I was still stubborn. <laughs> I was still stubborn. I didn't let go completely. So I needed that one last push to completely let go. And then once I actually let go, I was just like, I can actually do this. I can sustain myself. So I have been a full-time entrepreneur for two years, full-time, like full-time. Before that, it was like one foot in, one foot out. And you can't really serve two masters that way. So, right. yeah. I, I used to get that speech all the time. It's like, are you, do you work for me or do you work for yourself? You know, <laughs> so, I, you know, so I, yeah. I, I love, you know, I love being an entrepreneur. You know, I, I love being my own boss. I, it's not every, like some people, there's misconceptions, you know, about being an entrepreneur. And uh, I guess in some cases they're they're true. But like, you know, you don't really have office hours a lot of times. A lot of times it's, it can be 24 seven, you know, because if you don't work, a lot of times you don't eat. It depends on what the nature of the business is. Right. So, so a lot of times there is some misunderstanding when it comes to having your own business and whatnot. Uh, uh, now you are married, right? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were. All right. So this is this will be interesting then. Single. I'm not sure if I'm looking, but sending applications. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I heard that. I'm taking applications. So, uh, being an entrepreneur sometimes can be it tricky when in relationships, especially if that person does not um, understand that whole entrepreneurial spirit. Spirit. So I was just wondering, um, has that ever been an issue in relationships at all? Or do you look for guys that uh, specifically, um, you know, kind of understand what that what that's all about? Um, in terms of romantic relationships, like I said before, I've always... I admire and I'm actually attracted to people who are ambitious, but ambition doesn't necessarily mean entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. um, just ambition, ambitious in what they're striving for and what their goal is. I'm okay to date somebody who is not altogether yet, 
right? As long as they have that ambition to do more, to be more. So if you're a cashier at, you know, Walmart or, or whatever, right? Is that all you want to be? Or is it, you know, are you striving to be the manager? You know, are you striving to manage a whole bunch of stores, you know? So I look more for ambition. And I think when somebody's ambitious, they will also understand my drive because I'm also ambitious, right? So I don't necessarily think that you have to be strictly an entrepreneur in order for me to be like, to have the relationship with you. However, even though I'm not married and can't remember the last time I dated, um, it does also affect your other relationships, right? Relationships with your family, relationships Mm -hmm. with your best friends, with your, you know, so there are times where, you know, the girls or the group are going out to a concert and I have to say no because I know if I was going to be, I'm not going to enjoy myself in the concert because I'm thinking about my business. I'm thinking about what else I need to get done in my business. I'm going to be a complete dud if I go anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my conversational skills is pretty much limited to, so, you know, uh, what is the marketing strategy we're going to be using for this thing right now? Are we <laughs> dropping something? What is the, when is your next launch? What, like, are you running Facebook ads? Like, that—that that is, the, like, you know how parents say when they have newborn babies, their conversation is list, limited to gooby-gooby and child speak? When you become an entrepreneur, especially you write, like, brand new, that's all you can think of. So it does affect you, uh, your life. Um, I would challenge anybody who said that it doesn't because there would be times when, and I lived, my mom lived with me. Even though we lived in the same house, I didn't, like, I wasn't communicating with her because I spent most of my time building up my business, right? And the any time that, you know, she made a noise in the house, I would get irritated because I'm like, I'm trying to record a YouTube video, mom. Can you please keep quiet? You know, or I have a client call or a, a strategy call with a client and my mom is on the phone and she thinks she needs to raise her voice to the umpteenth level just so they can hear her in Ghana, okay? Uh-huh. Even on the phone <laughs> so it does affect being an entrepreneur does affect your relationships regardless of whether it's really um it's uh, romantic or even family so it is up to you the entrepreneur to carve out time for the people who matter to you and that's what i've like i've done so i may not be able to go to every girl's night out i may not be able to go to every dinner um, but I should at least make the conscious effort to join people um, once in a while. All right. Um, oh, sorry about that. No, that, uh, I, I understand everything you're talking about. I mean, I, I think I've gotten better at managing it now than when I was younger. Right. Um, I was pretty, uh, I don't think I thought enough of the people that I got involved with. So I try to be a lot better now. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, your use of social media with uh, your business. Because, uh, you know, social media is this monster that's, you know, out there in the wilderness. And some people know how to put that, that leash around it and use it to their advantage. <laughs> and others, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to use it properly. Uh, just talk about how social media um, has impacted your business positively, negatively, or whatever, and and just the, the rule of thumb you try to use when it when it comes to using social media. For, okay. Uh-huh. So for me, social media is is a place where I create. It is not a place where I consume. That is my rule of thumb. Mm. I don't go to consume content, right? I go to create. There. With that said. There are some times where actually, actually, no, I'm not even going to caveat that. I'm not there to play. I'm here to, I'm here to create content. So there are times that I have allocated for social media time, right? So um, social media is a beast that we cannot necessarily fight against. We, it is there. It's here to stay. And I'm saying social media blanket. I'm not necessarily talking about any one platform, Mm -hmm. but it is here to stay, right? Because the platforms themselves can come and go. Anybody remember MySpace? Oh, yeah. Or Hive? Like, they're not a thing anymore, right? 
Um, but social media in general is here to stay. So if you go on there to consume content, you are not going to be able to build your business because you're going to fall down the rabbit hole of whatever it is that usually entertains you, right? I use, when I go in onto social media, with, and it's okay if you have to spend three hours on social media for your business, that's okay, but are you spending it constructively? Right. Are you spending it with the right people? You, like, okay, you cannot be on social media and grow your business without engaging with people. Contrary to popular belief, um, you don't grow your business by posting. You actually grow your business by engaging. The whole point of social media is that it's social. So people expect you to engage with them, build authentic relationships on social media, right? So I I have a list of people that I go through their content, like and comment, like, comment, like, comment, share, like, and comment. I spend about, you know, 30 minutes um, per segment because I don't want to, be bogged down with that 30 minutes per segment or even 15 minutes per segment if i'm walking to tim hortons i'm on instagram looking through my list of people and i'm engaging with them i'm sending them a voice note hey i noticed that you posted this this you know i thought it was really interesting that i'm looking forward to more of your content you know engaging with them what happens when you engage with people social etiquette says it's rude for them not to engage back right mm-hmm. so they have no choice but to engage back and so when they engage back with you it rings a bell with the algorithm and the algorithm says oh these two people know each other they like each other they're talking to each other then when you post your stuff is going to be seen by more people by the people that you've recently engaged with really that's interesting I- i'll be honest with you um I as much as I do use social media, I'm kind of ignorant to a lot of it, <laughs> a lot of that, <laughs> you know, even after, you know, God knows how many years. So that's very interesting. I never thought about it in that way. Um I know I know one thing, you know, as a podcaster, right? That you get into these different communities that may have like mind, you know, with your uh your content. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that if you just post like, okay, this is the show I'm doing in there, people just ignore it because they don't know you. So what I always tell other podcasters is get to know a community, kind of, you know, put your feet in it. And then, you know, before you ever sell, try to sell anything, you know, even though this is free, you know, or it can be free, uh, you, you still got to let, you know, people know that you're a part of the community and that you're not just here to pimp it. And then, exactly. you know, and then pimp it later, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, um, and I think that's a much better way. And most people though, they just had this attitude, like, I'm just going to get in there and I'm just going to sell, sell, sell. It's like, people don't react to you because they're getting sold all the time. All the time. There's yeah. marketing, there's banner blindness, there's marketing blindness, there's sales blindness. People are being sold all the time. I always like, and whenever I give my social media um, analogies, I always use relationships. You're not going to step up to a woman or a man or whatever and be like, marry me. Hey, baby, I think you're looking flat. Marry me. You are going to get cussed out, right? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) marketing, marketing is that spiel, you know, that get to know me a little bit. Right, that building of relationship. <laughs> hey, Tasha, that building of relationship. Um, your branding is the reason that they're going to want to actually engage with you, right? But you're you can't just roll up anywhere. Doesn't matter where it is, and just expect to just market to people. They're going to ignore you. There's the whole no like and trust factor. People first need to know you. Um, let's say you got a hundred, you got in front of a hundred people, right? A hundred people know you, but not a hundred people are going to tr- um, like you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, in perfect sense. Right. And then there are people of, let's say of the hundred people who actually, oh, my computer's, my computer screen is that. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Of the hundred people who know you, uh, who have known you, let's just say 50% of them actually like you because you've got 
great animal magnetism, right? Mm -hmm. And you've got 50% of them like you. Of those 50%, not all of them are going to trust you. Right. Right. So maybe of the 100 people that you got in front of, only 10% of them are going to trust you. Right. And the people who know, like and trust you are the ones who are going to be willing to exchange their time and their dollars um, with you. Right. So when you go up to any platform, you have to build up that know, like and trust factor. Right. Another way you can look at it is ATM. First, you've got to get their attention. Mm -hmm. You've got to build their trust and then they'll hand you money. I like it. I like it. I love it. I love it. Oh man, only wisdom here. Uh, only fifty percent like me. Oh, that goes my self-esteem. You know what? You're nobody's for everybody. You know, like some people will have some issue with you, whether superficial or deep-rooted. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Right. So you, no matter where you go, you've got to build that no like and trust factor, mm. right? Or ATM. Mm. Um. So let me ask this question: Can it, can every entrepreneur be helped? Because I, I always feel like there's certain people that are just not going to get it, and you know, especially the whole trying to brand themselves and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I know that you. That's what you do. You work with with people in that regard is there some lost causes or do you feel like anyone if they're willing can be helped in that regard well you just said that if they're willing Mm -hmm. you're only a lost cause if you're not willing if you're not listening i i mean i've had to let clients go because they're not listening right i will tell you do this this is the strategy that we've built out together and then they will go off and do something else because their cousin Rara or cousin Pookie or whatever said something different, but you're paying me. I'm the expert. If cousin Rara knew what to do, you would have gone to cousin Rara to begin with, but you came to me to pay me to help you with your brand strategy, but then they want to second guess everything that I do and go ask their cousins, third aunties, neighbors, babysitter, right? So if that is becomes a point of contention, I will just let them know, you know, I don't think this relationship is going to work because I also have my pride. I need for what I'm doing to also work. And so it's important to me to have clients that are going to listen. And so, yes, everybody can be helped. Everybody can be helped, but it they have to want the help. They have to be willing to do the work. Um, in order to see the results because there's no fast money. That's another thing. A lot of people think that online marketing and online businesses is fast money. It is not. Hmm. When you're fast money. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. That's, wow, that's interesting. Um, how much of the knowledge that you have come from just, you know, like for me, a lot of the, the knowledge that I have um comes from a lot of failure <laughs> you know like making yeah. a lot, making mistakes and then trying to learn from them as well so uh um what about you i can imagine the absolutely. same absolutely right? absolutely a lot a lot of um here's the thing if you're always right you're never going to learn what not to do mm-hmm. right <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. they go to cousin Rara once they hear your price exactly and they think it's too high <laughs> but you get what you pay for exactly i am with you on that one I am with you on that one. And then when it, it get broke, they'll come back for you to fix it. And I'm like, I don't, I just doubled my price because now I have to fix Cousin Rara's situation. Um, <laughs> so when you make mistakes, mm-hmm. that is the only way you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Right? There's been times where I have, I've, it's not times, even I still make mistakes. Right. Um, and I don't I don't like to call them um, mistakes or failures. They're learning opportunities. What mm-hmm. did I learn from the situation? There's been times I've, I've ran ads and my ads came out with zero. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to learn. You either learn by, you know, you're making mistakes. Time is a great teacher, but loss of money is an even faster teacher. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's, yes. that's how I became a better poker player. Was I had to learn how to lose money playing poker. <laughs> you know. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we, we, we are afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like that too. There are certain things that I'm still afraid to, I'm still afraid to venture into because I'm afraid to fail, but I have to remind myself that that failure, like, like, I think this is an example that a lot of people use that Coca-Cola was actually a failed project. Coca-Cola came about as a failed, they were trying to do something else. Mm -hmm. And then they came up with Coke. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. So that's the thing. Through the failure, you might find, you know, some pretty great gems and some pretty great opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's true. That's that's very interesting. Uh, another thing too is if this is what you're trying to do, right? It, you know, you're you're trying to be an entrepreneur, whatever field it is. How is it? Tell talk to imp the importance of always trying to learn and to sharp your instrument and to always keep ahead of the trends and stuff like that. Cause I think that's very important as well. Yes. So we're in 2020, um, <laughs> even though 2020 started off really whack, oh, yes. uh, but technology, we, we are innovative with technology, right? We are innovative with technology and technology in general, usually only is good for two years. Even your laptop, take a look. You probably have to change your laptop almost every two years, right? So technology becomes obsolete every two years. You as a person, if you're not learning, also become obsolete, right? Because there's always going to be that younger person, that more knowledgeable person who's going to come into the field. So it's 100% important that you're always learning the new thing. Um, so I'll come back to that in a little bit always learning what's what's new, keeping your ear to the ground in terms of news, especially industry news that's pertaining to you, um, keeping abreast of what your competition is doing around you uh, and stuff like that. But with all of that said, it's also important not to be distracted because sometimes that shiny object syndrome, every new technology is not the best technology. Right. Sometimes you just gotta go right back to basics. Right. right. Technology should only ever enhance your life and make things a lot easier. If you're finding yourself frustrated with the technology that you're using that's meant to make your life easier, then that technology is not it's not for you. So it's really important to be always innovating, always learning um, that whole uh, you are the sum, the, the, the average of the five people that you keep around you. So it's also important that you not just necessarily people but also the books that you're reading, right? The books you're reading, the podcasts you're listening to, um, what are you bringing in? What are you bringing in? And what is anything you consume will always leave an essence in you. That includes the people that you interact with, the food you eat, the clothing you wear, whatever it is that comes in contact with you will always leave an essence of itself with you. So it is important to make sure that the things that we bring into ourselves are leaving positive essence behind so that it evolves us. Because the more negative people you have around you, the more negative you're going to be. The more positive people you have around you, the positive you are going to be. And I belong to an amazing mastermind. Yeah, Natasha. <laughs> I belong to an amazing mastermind that Natasha is a part of and we meet up every two weeks. It is important for us to meet because when we first started out this mastermind, our businesses was nowhere near where it is right now. Because when you're in your own world, mm -hmm. that all you can ever see is what's in your world. You need other people's worldviews, situation views to be able to see things from a different perspective, right? So it's absolutely critical. There is no such thing as a self-made millionaire. I know people like to tout that, but there is no such thing as a self-made millionaire. You were influenced by something or someone and a group of people or things came together to help you make that, make that happen. Even Jesus himself didn't do all of it by himself. He had 12 people. Yeah, well, one of them we won't talk about. <laughs> oh, he still needed him though. He still needed him. So let's just, you know, that's true. he still needed him because, yeah, that's a whole different sermon. <laughs> he still needed him. He needed he needed that one naysayer who was going to push him and be like, 
Right. Yeah. You know, always keep you on your toes. Because if you have a lot of yes people mm-hmm. around you, you're not going to do much. You know, th- man, it's like you're looking at my notes. Perfect, <laughs> perfect segue to what I'm about to bring up. Your circle. Right. Look, that doesn't matter. I mean, look, we love Cousin Rara and Pookie. They're awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. When they're at the family reunion, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll share uh, some ribs with them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so important to have a good circle, especially people who are like-minded and are in your field who are having that upward trajectory. A lot right. of times, if you have a, a rotten circle, that can hold you back in ways you just don't realize. Can you talk about just having a good circle? Right. Um, like I said, my mastermind is a great circle. Um, my family still don't necessarily know exactly what I do, <laughs> but they will come through in a, in a, in a hot minute mm-hmm. if I need them to be, let's say, can you be admin at this workshop for me? They're good to go. Um, so they don't necessarily have to always understand what you're doing, but are they going to be, are they going to put down what they're doing to say, yes, I'm here with you. Uh, I don't know what you're doing, but I can support you. Right. Um, so a lot of times we always want to find people who understand exactly what it is that we're doing. Right. Um, and then we get frustrated because we think that they don't understand. Right. <laughs> Yes, people who will cheer you on and mean it, absolutely. They don't they won't necessarily understand. But I mean, I've had my girl Natasha be like, Do you need extra hands at your vendor table? You know, things like that. Um, so it's always there's always different ways to support an entrepreneur other than just buying from them, right? Mm-hmm. Can you share their content? Can you let other people know what's happening in in their circle? Um, if they need extra pair of hands, can you show up? You know, can you buy them? Can you buy them the next you know tool that they need to grow their business mm-hmm. for on, on their birthday? Right, practical entrepreneurial things. So it's really really important to have a great power circle, a circle like a mastermind. Uh, I first heard about mastermind in the book Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure most of you guys have read it, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And it's that when you're together collectively, you get to supernaturally tap into other people's brainwaves and other people's intelligence, right? And so if you've got one person on a low frequency messing up the frequency, ooh, you know, it becomes a problem, right? So it really is important to have like that circle, but it's also important to have a safe space to be an entrepreneur, right? Because if you are with a group of people who, let's say, for example, they're also entrepreneurs, but they're not necessarily on an upward trajectory, but you are, they're going to have a problem because they're, you know, like, what, 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 what you doing? Is it witchcraft? I will always say this. I am like, I'm not going to say witchcraft, but it just had to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Is it witchcraft that you are excelling um, and we're not, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's always important to have people who are um, on the same wavelength with you, right? And if you're going up, how do you support the people who are within your circle to come up with you, right? Sometimes them people don't want to come up with you. And then that's then you have to make that tough decision and be like, okay, it's time to find the next circle of friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, oh, sorry about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, another thing, too, that I think hampers people is being too concerned about other people's perceived successes. Uh, You see a lot of people who maybe are not where they want to be, and they'll be so laser-focused on somebody else. Like, oh, man, I'm, you know, like they'll they'll measure themselves next to somebody else. And I really feel like that's something that can hold you back as well, is being too concerned about um, the success or lack of success or whatever of others. Um, a lot of people just don't know how to just stay in their own lane and really just, you know, worry about themselves. Um, I mean, there's, you know, that's one of the big things is like, you know what, just because someone else is doing well doesn't mean that it's 
somehow taking your blessings away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just because, you know, their kid went to Harvard doesn't mean your kid's going to prison, you know? So, you right. know, right. So uh, that's something, too, I wanted to um, to put out there to the peoples. Um, I, you know, I really, really enjoy talking to you. And um, I really like your uh, your YouTube channel is awesome, by the way. And actually, let me put this in the chat room so people, <laughs> so people can get that. Uh, I think I have it in the show notes. If I don't, I will make sure. Okay. Uh, when we put it up on the website, but uh, your your YouTube channel is awesome. Ah, uh, thank you. And uh, so I've been doing a deep dive of you today. So <laughs> so I, I feel like with uh, all my quirkiness, yes, I, yeah. I honestly still struggle to figure out what content people want. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so sometimes I come on blazing and then I cool off because I'm like I need to figure out what people want. I don't want to be that person that's just on YouTube to say I'm a YouTuber. Right. Right. I really like my whole being, my whole personality is to help people. So if I feel like I'm not going to do or engage in any activity that is not helping anybody. Right. So I always want to come correct, come ready to serve. Right. Um, you're not you're not going to make any money if you're not serving anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Your, you know, your success is a direct correlation of how the bigger, it's a direct correlation of how many people you serve with a major problem for them, right? That's why a brain surgeon will always make money, more money than a branding strategist, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. And I, I just yeah. want to say, too, about your YouTube channel, it has a lot of great information, but it's funny, too. You you have a great personality, and it comes, it comes <laughs> Thank through you. on there. So, so you will get information and be entertained all at, at the same time. All so. at the same time. I would yes. love it if you um, would be you and nothing but you. Oh, thank you, Robert. <laughs> yeah, that's if I would be me, and yes, 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 yes. I do, like, there was once upon a time where I tried to, I'm a big personality, like, mm-hmm. You, I'm like, woo, here I come. But something a lot of people don't know, I'm actually an introvert. I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like to call myself an extroverted introvert in the sense that when I'm in public, I do have a big personality. I, I think people think that just because you're an introvert, you have a smaller personality. I don't. I have a big personality. And so when I show up to the world, I'm like, Hey, da, 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 da. but I, I I recharge in a quiet space. I recharge reading a book, sitting by the waterfall, like being by myself. I that's how I recharge. But I recharge so that I can come up and show up for the world the way you know that my personality truly is, right? So I try to show that. And for a while, like I've been told, you're too loud, you're too this, you're too that, too. Anytime, there's always too something. And so for a, a, a brief point in my time, in my life, I tried to shrink back who I was, right? And let me tell you, it is miserable. So I said to myself, you are going to have to take it. This is how I am. Just deal with it. And if you cannot deal with it, exit stage left, right? Like just... Right. Yeah. So I would say, like, if not, if you learned nothing from this podcast today, like, honestly, be yourself. There, you can't be anybody else. Somebody, everybody else is taken. But it's also miserable trying to be somebody else, somebody that you're not. Wow. And funny enough, that's what a brand is. Like, every one of us in this chat, in the uh, on YouTube as well, you already have a brand, right? It's a matter of what is it? Do you even know what your brand is? Right. Um, and if you don't, there's a problem. <laughs> right. But a lot of people think that your brand is your logo, your website, your this, your podcast, your no. It's Kinte at the end of every week. How do people feel about you? That is what your brand is. So that's what you need to cultivate. If you want people to feel all warm and gooey and gushy inside, but then when they leave, they're feeling agitated and, and, and combative then you don't have your brand. (laughs) Everybody else is taken. Yeah. (laughs) Then you don't have your brand. You don't have, your brand is not succinct with who, what you think it is. I find that a lot of people don't know what their brand is. Mm -hmm. 
right? So I'll quickly just challenge the people in the chat. If you guys want to tell me, give me three words that you think or you want your brand to be. What do you want people to feel when they engage with you or when they encounter you? And that should be what you should be working your brand to be, right? So I'll just, we can- we'll we say can that one more time. People. So the three words, whoops, sorry. The three words that you want people to feel, right? When they encounter you, or the three words you want people to say to other people when they describe you. Okay. Yeah, that will be your brand. All right, we'll put that on the screen. <laughs> and I want you guys to uh, say it. Uh, okay. All right, so. Yeah, so for me, okay. it's I want to always encourage people. I always want to educate people. I mean, and I want them to feel inspired, right? So I guess inspiration and whatever. I want them to feel educated like they feel like oh i've learned something new mm-hmm. hopefully you guys have learned something new today i've learned something new today right or i feel inspired to go and do more or be more right heard moved educated yes trusted empowering funny yes so now if somebody if i love these keep them coming trusted empowered funny so there you go and i think um nicole people can definitely describe you as that so if you know that people can definitely describe you as that then you've got your brand on point and so when things are coming at you you always need to check in with your brand does this align with my brand am i doing something that if somebody else hears about it are they going to lose trust in me or are they going to gain trust in me? Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I make my decisions because my brand is important to me. So when, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm presented with an opportunity, I need to check it against my brand. That becomes a point when you've actually honed in your brand, it actually has its own percent, a persona, its own personality. And it's almost like you're having to have a conversation with your brand and be like, okay, should we take this deal? I'm like, mm, no, this deal's not going to work because should somebody find out about it, we're going to lose trust in our audience. Like our audience are going to lose trust in us or people are going to feel they're not no longer going to feel empowered. And instead of funny, they're going to feel a ways. You know what I mean? So you always want to check in with your brand and that's how you grow your brand. You're not going to have like a mega brand right away. And like anything else, it needs to grow in stages. But the more you understand what your brand is, the more you can grow it and the more you can like really make have it take shape and have its own personality. All right. The, uh, and let's see, there were so many times of being treated poorly in the past, an opportunity to attach new memory of how I would have preferred to have been treated and that foundation I work from and how to interact with others. Okay. And let's see, uh, Nicole says, recently I had to turn down a promising partnership for a project because my brand is meant to empower women, but the content of the project uh, partnership didn't reflect that. Exactly. Oh my God, I love that because- Exactly. In, when you play dominoes, they, they, they have the saying called all money is in good money. So sometimes you don't want to attach yourself to something that doesn't is not on brand on message of what you're saying it may right. the money may look appealing and a lot of times the money ain't even that appealing to be honest with you but people will make those mistakes of attaching themselves to something that they shouldn't so right. that's something you definitely want uh, to uh to to be aware of um be, before we say goodbye uh, i want to ask this question um what kind of person do you think will find the most value out of your youtube channel um right now it will be somebody who is just starting out or have started out but are struggling to kind of get their foothold in the whole online and branding business right so if you're making let's say less than twenty thousand dollars a month in your business then yes my youtube is definitely for you um because i talk about all things branding marketing but i'm not i don't just want to talk about it once in a while i want to show you how to actually build these things um so i like to say i provide marketing 
um, for non-marketers. When you talk to other marketers, they have a lot of marketing jargon, um, which tends to lose a lot of people in the beginning to mid uh, to middle stage. Um, so I wanted I want to produce content that's going to really help people to know that okay, if I'm coming online, whether I'm an offline business and coming into an online space. What do I need? What is the jargon I need to understand so that I am not duped by the next flashy thing? What is the sales funnel? What is this? So somebody who's just starting out as in doesn't even have an online business to somebody who does have one, but kind of like yourself, you said, uh, Kinte, that you still don't have a grasp or handle on things, right? Somebody who's still kind of solo, they don't have a team yet. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. That would be it. All right. So uh, what's the future for you that, that you can share? <laughs> um, okay. So I currently have, uh, uh, in, in line with the um, somebody who's just starting out, I have uh, what I just literally just rolled it out yesterday called the Side Hustle Bundle. So the Side Hustle Bundle is a self, self-study self that I put together that is telling basically telling people how to actually literally get online and get started online. So on there, I talk about, well, how do you even get paid online, right? How do you set up, you know, the things that you need to set up your PayPal account? How do you connect that to, let's say, a sales page? How do you build a sales page if you're starting out and you don't have a website? Um, So I I put that bundle together. Um, It is currently live. (laughs) I probably have to give you guys the link. Uh, It is currently live and... um, I do have a birthday sale happening mm-hmm. right now. Um, so I will share that with you guys. Give me a second. And I will share that with you guys in, in the comments. All right. Right. And if you use your uh, the promo code birthday sale, you get a whole 41% off because that is how old I became when I had my newest, my, my latest birthday. All right. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I can actually put comments. Oh, because I didn't sign up. Uh, you can send it. Uh, just send it to me on Facebook, and I'll relay it to. Like okay. A Facebook. Oh, here, here you go. I think I can. All right, there here we go. go. And I'll relay it. Perfect. Um, so yeah, that is the side hustle bundle, and you can have it for forty forty one percent off. Um, there are some people who are self study; it's just not for them. Right. It's they need they need the extra hands, they need the extra coaching where I can actually help them tailor what they need to do online specifically for their business. Right. So I have a lot of people who come through um, into my coaching programs. Um, but for you, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, I know. Don't let this baby face fool you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it is. Um, um, so I have the coaching program. It is also 41% uh, 41% off. Uh, it's currently at $4.99, but if you do want to get in at the birthday sale, uh, you can put in the same promo code and you will get it at 41% off. So it works out to be like $2.97 US. And it's a 12-week program. So I'm actually sitting with you every week and actually structure what your business is going to look like online. Yep. Um, and that is like I said, also 41% off. Um, and that's the sale ends at the end of this month. All right. All right. Wow. So that is, um, that's what I've got going on right now, but you've already put that. You can find me on Instagram, tsunami branding and, uh, as well as on YouTube. So, um, you guys can consume my content. Thank you so much, Robert, for the birthday wishes. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. And on Instagram, I go live every Tuesdays and Fridays uh, at at noon. So for those of you who are not in an office, you can check me out on, on, on Instagram. And I do go live. We talk about everything, branding, marketing, um, creating your offers, and how to actually put your offer in front of people. All right, man. That first of all, this has been a tremendous episode. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, hopefully, we'll have you on again, and we'll, we can talk some uh, other aspects of business and uh, what you're up to. So, uh, hopefully, you'll enjoy this as a, a home that you can come to. Um, so, what we want to do right now is uh, how uh, you said it before, but say it once again. How can we get you in social media? 
Um, so you can find me at in, on Instagram, Sename Branding, S-E-N-A-M-E Branding, both on Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube as well. I'm really not active on Twitter, so <laughs> just on those two. Uh, but I go live on um, Instagram and on Facebook uh, on Tuesdays and on Fridays at noon. Um, but if you guys actually want me to like really engage with you guys, I do have a Facebook group where we talk everything tech. Um, just look for brand your name on Facebook. It's a group. Feel free to join and you guys can get in there and engage and share your business struggles with, with uh, the community and the community is there to help you guys. I'm also in there to give my insights as well. So I'm all over the place. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining I got to meet some fantastic people thank you Robert, Bobby um, am I seeing any new other people? Uh, Maya's here Maya, people. yeah, thank you guys so much yeah. All hopefully right. you found the content helpful Yeah. No, it's, and thank uh, you so much Kinte for inviting me Like this has been amazing, phenomenal and thank you for sharing your audience with me today thank you, thank you um, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, that's F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N. And of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. Uh, we'll be back uh, coming soon with all new episode uh, of uh, uh, of um, What's Good with Kente. Um, I want to once again thank our guest, Juliet Dakpo. Love it. And, you got uh, it right. You actually got the sound right too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you know, I had to show off my my my, my Yes, yeah, African in you. Yes, thank you so much. Hey, hey, you know, I my my name is African to the core, so Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. So uh but I wanna thank everybody and you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. God bless you. Bye guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Ah, that was awesome. Thank you so much.